You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello! Another week has flown past and here we are again. Uh, This week is a special guest week. We have with us uh, Sun from Simple Login, who we mentioned in the Worth of Chirps last week. And uh, James was uh, keen to get uh, Sun on, so he emailed him and here he is to talk to us all about Simple Login. Hello, Sun. Hey. And uh, I'm joined, as usual, by Nick. Hello, Nick. Hi, Simon. And Jim. Hello, Jim. Hey there. Well, uh, Mark's not able to be with us. He's uh, otherwise engaged. He's got some kind of important meeting to be at. So uh, no Mark this week, I'm afraid. Uh, What's happened this week? Uh, iOS 14 uh, security features have been showing some apps to be rather naughty in scraping your clipboard. TikTok, no surprise there, perhaps. LinkedIn, uh, who say it's a bug and they're fixing it. Reddit, who've claimed much the same. And uh, somebody else whose name escapes me right now, and several others. Uh, We might mention that a bit later on. But uh, other than that, uh, there's a nasty malware for Mac uh, doing the rounds. But unless you are in the habit of using pirated apps, you're probably pretty safe. Um, And that's probably most of it. But that's not the most important part of the show this week. The most important part of the show this week is that we have Sun here. So um, obviously we talked last week about Simple Login, which uh, Dougie had recommended to us, which is uh, an email forwarding slash anonymization tool. And uh, so we asked Sun to tell us about it, really. Uh, Sun. What can you really yeah. tell the listeners about your service? Yeah, no problem. Uh, so yeah, so in 2019, uh, that's when I started Simbo Login. And at that time, I tried to have the inbox zero. That means I, you know, I handle all the emails coming to my inbox. But I couldn't do that because somehow I still got a lot of spam in my, in my Outlook and in my Gmail. And the worst is like there are some uh, newsletters I cannot unsubscribe. You know, when I click on the unsubscribe link, they ask me to confirm my email. But even when I re-enter my email, they still like continue sending me like basically spams. Um, yeah, so so I sometimes thinking about that is so annoying. And I thought so I had the brilliant idea like the 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 only way. Uh, to get rid of that is to use a different email for for every website. So it's like what we do for password, right? We don't reuse the same password on 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 two websites. So why don't we use the same email address on two different websites? So that's so that's when I um I started working on Symbol Login, uh, and I find that there are actually existing service that uh, that did basically the same thing. So they they can create uh, what we call an email alias, 
and all the emails sent to the email alerts are forwarded to your real email address. Um, but by that time, I haven't found any service that is uh, open source and easy to use, like to quickly create email alerts. So I to like to to create the login to uh, to do that. Right. Uh, yes. Yes. Very much so. Um, we uh, have discussed uh, other services which you know do similar things. Um, I still use uh, 33mail.com um but i have noticed of late that um more and more sites will reject 33mail.com um aliases i'm assuming that uh, uh, you know they've figured out that anything with 33mail.com on the end of it is uh <laughs> is a, is an anonymization service so they won't accept it they tell you it's not a valid email address so um you know, hopefully uh, simple login will not fall to the same thing. But you've been going, as you say, for some time now. And as far as I'm aware, it, it's still working fine, which is good. Um, I haven't used simple login very much. Although uh, when I when I went to, uh, <clears throat> after Dougie's tip last week, as I when I went to check, I do actually have um, an account which I've had for some time, so I must have signed up at some time in the past. Um, one of the one of the big things uh, that you do offer, uh, of course, uh, as we discussed, you know, uh, by email previously uh, before the show, um, is that you offer um, a Safari extension and no doubt extensions for um, other browsers, which allow a simple one-click, um, you know, randomised anonymous address to be created on the fly. Which is uh, which is rather nice, um, and you offer also um, an iOS app. So uh, I take it you're an Apple fan, then. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm an Apple fan. So Safari is my main browser. So at the beginning, you know, like the percentage of browser share for Safari is uh, is quite low. I think it's about five percent or something like that. But at the beginning, I insist to have a Safari extension because I'm using Safari. Uh, <laughs> Always helps. The time, so. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Um, so tell us. Would a someone bit. like to? Sorry, would someone like to explain to me exactly what this? How, how does this work? What, what? I'm not sure I understand. Yeah, sure. What, um, what I would use it for, and how I would use it. So, uh, do you want to explain well, that, son, or uh, do Jim? Go on, Jim. You, you explain well, it. Well, um, the, the way I found out about um, simple logging was through the chat, uh, the Slack chat room. Um, I think it was Donny who. No, it was Dougie. Doug Dougie uh, yeah. who put up two, uh, you know, options to thirty-three mail, and so I had a quick look at both websites to see what they offered, and the best of the two was simple logging. Um, I like the fact you could um, use your own email account to to receive and uh, send uh, these alias uh, addresses, um, which was nice. You, you didn't have to rely on the app itself, although the app, the app, the iOS app is very good. Um, the 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 um, list of features. Was much better than the the alternatives as well. The, the, the only the only thing it's, it seems to be missing is um, the ability to make uh, you know like uh, uh, disposable phone numbers uh, like one of the other apps I have does. Uh, but that's, that's not really a big. It's no, not really not, a big. Not a big thing. That's um, sudo no. that allows you yeah. to do that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, what it what it does, Nick, is you um basically you you sign up. Uh, there's a free tier, and then there's um, Sun can tell us in a minute about the the paid tiers and what you get. But the the basic principle is the same as thirty three mail. What you do is you register with an email address, a real email address, and then mm-hmm. you you can create aliases, which might be something like you know just just my mail, and uh, it then inserts like a random word. And then I think there are four or five uh, actual domains on the end, which are things like simple login dot fr and simple login and a couple of other ones. Um, so you can enter those, you can, and you can you, with the uh, extension you can generate them on the fly. Um, and so if you're going to sign up to some site that wants your email address, you can generate a uh, one of these aliases, and what happens is that mail. Uh, is received by simple login and registered as belonging to your real email address and simply forwarded to you. So, um, as Sun was saying, you know, if you get one of these places where they start spamming you with e- email or, or newsletters, that even if you say, please unsubscribe me, don't stop coming, you can simply yeah. go You simply go to your um, simple login like control pane and it will show you the live aliases that you have and you can simply destroy that alias and then of course anything they try to send to you will just come back to them as this email address doesn't exist oh i see oh that makes sense it, it, it's similar to uh, what apple has been introducing uh with some of the sites you go to you know, you'll get the you'll get the offer the uh the apple login yes uh but that's not very it doesn't come up very often uh whereas yeah. with with uh, simple login you have that all the time yes i know i know now i think i understand now yeah, uh, well, that sounds very useful because I mean, I, I, I'm just like everybody else. I'm probably one of these people who occasionally you'll you'll sign up for something that sounds interesting, and then you get spammed every day with yeah, well, <laughs> with offer this offers of this and that and whatever, and you can, you can't get away from it. Yeah, well, I went through a spell uh, from last year till till relatively a couple a couple of months ago, where my uh, spam inbox was absolutely full of spam email um so this yeah you know, if you if you go into a website and you sign up for a news newsletter or something or, or or maybe you enter a competition well you can you can use use your uh, alias to to do so and then if you get a lot of spam from that you can deal with it so it's a, it's a good way of not using your actual email address uh, and does it does it show in your um, email client that it's come via yeah, that's what uh, I was saying. You can you can actually you, you can actually use your own email account to receive and forward, you know, receive and send emails through Simple Login. Um, so you can actually use your main, you know, uh, access to email. Yeah, uh, it's 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 very good. Yeah, when you get when you get a mail, it will say this mail was sent to you know just my email at redacted dot simple login dot fr for example um yeah and and you know then it's forwarded to you and it'll say forwarded to you by simple login oh cool you, you also get daily emails from or, uh, your regular emails from simple login um giving you tips and hints how to you know to use the, the service um this is could probably put uh, give us more information about that um yeah sure so uh Son, would you like to perhaps explain to the listeners the difference between the different, you know, uh, kind of paid and unpaid versions of your um, service and e- exactly, you know, uh, what 
what you get. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so actually, like you said, there are two there are two pricing plans. You have the free free chair and you have the the paid chair. And the difference is, uh, uh, in free chair you can have up to fifteen aliases, uh, and I think fifteen aliases is um, should be like enough, you know, for normal users. Uh, and if you decide to upgrade, so like to pay uh, three dollar per month, then you can create unlimited aliases, and you can also have like advanced features like PGP uh, encryptions. Uh, so for those who don't know what is PGP is basically a, a way to encrypt your emails um, so that even your email provider cannot read your emails. Uh, so for example, if you are if you are using Gmail, uh, sometimes you can see some you know some advertising uh, related to your email. You know if you uh, receive an email that contains uh, the word travel or shoes, for example, maybe you can see on the right pane some shoes or, you know, or some travel destinations. Uh, and by using a PGP encryption, your email is encrypted. So even Google, they cannot read your emails. And so simple login supports the PGP encryption. And so if you enable it, then all the emails, um, when the email are forwarded to your uh, real email address, they are encrypted. Uh, yeah, so that's one of the, um, a premium features, uh, and other than that, ah, okay, uh, and another interesting features is you can also bring your own domain. Uh, so in Symbologin, we have uh, four domains: so Symbologin.fr, Symbologin.co, etc. But if let's say if you have your own domain, uh, let's say uh, Simon.com, and then you can. Uh, add simon.com into Simulogin and then you can create uh, alerts like contact at simon.com or hi at simon.com, etc. Excellent. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's and that's a premium feature. But as Sam just said, uh, the premium is three three dollars a month. So you know we're not we're not exactly burning the mid you know burning through stacks of cash <laughs> to use the service. <laughs> it's um you know it's it's very good and um. I should be making more use of it in future, to be honest. I, uh, I mean, I do use several services. I scatter mine around fairly liberally, put it that way. I, I think I'm right in saying you get a trial of the Premier from, from the start. You got a time-limited uh, trial. Um, I didn't even wait till the trial was up because I just instantly uh, upgraded to the Premier, you know, after a couple of days' use. Excellent. Um, I will say, even on, even on the free... Um, even on the free tier, I was pleased to see that it supports the use of a hardware uh, FIDO key. Double thumbs up, by the way. Oh, right. Uh, that's it. That's available, you know, to secure your simple login account, even, um, as I say, even on the free tier, you get that, which is nice. It's so I'm of... looking, at the, looking at the free plan here. So you said 15 aliases, uh, unlimited reply send from alias. What sign in with simple login? Ah, yeah, that's an interesting question. So, um, so actually, at the beginning, uh, I, I had two ideas. So the first one is email alias, and then the application of email alias is uh, a social login that respects your privacy. Uh, so you know when uh, some websites uh, offer sign with Facebook or sign with Google or Twitter, uh, etc. But when you click on this button, 
uh, then Facebook will know that you are using this website. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, and another thing is the Facebook is going to share the email to the website. So if the website is, uh, you know, a spammy one, then it's really hard to get rid of them. Um, so uh, I try to create a, a sign button, a social login uh, button that that will create a new email alias every time you log in to a website. Uh, so let's say if I log in via sim login on on groupon.com, then the yeah. alias then the alias will be groupon dot uh, a random string at simulogin.fr. But if I sign up on uh, let's say uh, twitter.com, then the alias will be twitter dot random string at simulogin.fr. Right, I see. Okay, cool. Uh, and that's quite funny because uh, so when I started working on sim login, it was in uh, in March 2019, and I think two months or three months later, uh, Apple announced um, a very similar thing uh, in the in the conference, uh, which is called Sign with Apple. Yes. Yeah. So I'm sure that you guys know about it, and so that's the same idea, like. There is a new email address that is created every time you sign. Yep, cool. Thank you. Yep, it's, it's uh, like yes, as as Jin said. I mean, I think we all applauded the sign in with Apple initiative, but you don't find it very many places at the moment. Yeah, it hasn't rolled out very very widely, has it? Um, I think I've only found it on one or two um one or two sites that I use. And those have tended to be sites I've already got a login with, so it's like <laughs> a bit late now. <laughs> but it's a yeah. you know it's a very useful feature, um, and as Sun just said, uh, also available from Simple Login, which you know allows you to sign up to um, to sign into serve you know sign into services without ever giving them the, your real um, your real email address. Which is well, just just handy because it means people like Facebook don't really know who you are. There we are. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry, son. Oh uh, yeah. So that's. I just want to say, like, actually, uh, there's a lot of um of uh, data leaks online. Uh, so at the beginning, I haven't realized that there 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 were so many. But actually, uh, like hackers, they got um you know there 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 are a lot of attacks throughout the year and every time they got like 300 million uh, 1 billion email address from uh, online service um, so there's a, a, a very little small service called com that you can check if your email address is already lost to a spammer yes that is that is very true uh, have I been pwned we've mentioned that service several times in the past uh, because you're right um one of the dangers of using your real email address to sign up to anything is not necessarily that the, um, you know, that the service you're signing up to is uh, in any way shady, but that um, big companies with a lot of data uh, are targets for hackers to steal credentials. I mean, I know for a fact um, that my sign in to uh, adobe adobe adobe.com um was compromised many years ago when adobe suffered a huge data breach um luckily back in those days i used my gmail address which i don't hardly use anymore um and i have you know i'm much more cautious but um 
yes, you know, you, it's not necessarily that the service you're signing up to is necessarily shady in their own right. It's just that they can be a target for malicious actors who obviously, you know, love to get hold of people's signings, uh, whether that's yeah. to whether that's to, you know, attempt to hack you directly using credential stuffing or whatever, or whether it's simply to, um, I mean, I'm sure we've all received the spam emails, you know, which purport to come from somebody you know. I've received them from, you know, yeah. addresses which, or at least what appear to be addresses which are, you know, yeah. belong to my friends. <laughs> or, or the, oh, you know, I, I've i had a car accident in France and I just send me a hundred quid because I'm stuck, you know. Um, yeah, so <laughs> like everything in life. My brother and sister-in-law are, are, are most annoyed because they're, they're far, far, far more careful with their information than I am. Uh, but sadly, they got caught up in some of the, <laughs> some of the, um, uh, hacks that are, you know, not them personally, but the companies that they did business with. Yes, exactly. And, uh, uh, they, they feel quite aggrieved that, you know, like I've never been caught up in anything like that, but uh, I don't think it's because I'm any more cautious than they are. No. They were just unlucky to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know. Or, you know, or, you know, lots of, lots of uh, very big companies have been, you know, have been breached, haven't they? Um, Indeed. And as Sun said, you know, they, these people, they get away with, you know, 300 million addresses, a billion addresses, um, sometimes much more, which is all very bad. And so, uh, you know, we have to all be ever more cautious. The, uh, you know, the early days of the internet when it was full of hippies and uh, nerdy coders who all believed that everybody was... Uh, Good trustworthy. and trustworthy and in it for the, you know, right reasons are long gone. Unfortunately, there are bad actors exploiting the internet left, right and centre. So we have to be ever more cautious. Um, One of the good things with, uh, with us is um, we've, we've seen over the years um, companies being hacked and your, your email address you know, uh, being stolen. Um so rather than just using your 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 one email address for you know um, say it's a power company um, uh, a bank or something like that you can use this alias and if they get hacked um, well you're not having to change every single account that you use your, your, yeah true your email address mm -hmm. with you it's a disposable email address so you can uh, make a new one for that company yes and it doesn't affect anything else so it's, it's very good you know uh this will this will <laughs> this will um you know i'm not revealing anything that's going to expose me to anything here but uh you know my local car dealership um they wanted my email address so that they could contact me obviously um for a variety of reasons and i gave them one which was uh you know citron dealer at uh you know email anonymization service.com and uh they were like, "How can your how can your email be Citroen?" So I explained to the to the woman <laughs> who was asking me exactly what the service was, you know. So that I said, and then I will see that, and it will come in, and it will say this was sent to Citroen at you know emailanonymizer dot com um, and forwarded to your actual address. And I said uh, that way I can see I know it's from you, even though it then says at the top um, the car dealership. But I said, should you get hacked, 
um, and have to tell me, I'm sorry, your email address is stolen. It's of no, uh, you know, it's of no consequence. I can dispose of that and create another one. Um, and she said, oh, give me the name of that service again. Um, and uh, I did. And she said, oh, I like that idea. I'm going <laughs> to go home and tell my husband about that so we can use it to... You know, when I go on, you know, poshshoes.com, I can give them a fake email address. So, you know, people are, people are um, very open to this. When you explain to them what it does and what it's for, people are very... Um, it's not a service that is difficult to sell to people, I don't think, because it's actually quite an, quite easy to understand and they can see the benefits immediately, which is, mm-hmm. which is nice. It's not, you know, much as us uh, tech, you know, techno files go on and on about um using a vpn and and so on you know i many people i don't think they really grasp the um the benefits or the concept but it's a lot easier to sell them on on a service like simple login um or other similar services because it it's we let's face it we all get way too much spam um and as son said some people are persistent they have a thing that says unsubscribe and it never unsubscribes you so um yeah it's uh it's... Uh, I, I know I, I know exactly what you're talking about i'm just looking at um, i'm just looking at my uh, spam that um that virgin media have uh removed before it got to me and uh, apparently i can get my next tv license now mm. all i have to do is click here and give it me personal information yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and that's i mean you know but i i mean i I'm glad to say that um, most of the services I use do a pretty good job of filtering out spam, but you still yeah. get a lot of stuff which you can get sometimes get a lot of stuff from uh, you know not not spammers in the sense of um, malicious spam, but there are some companies no. who will you know um, you just get a bit overwhelmed by their emails. Yes, yeah. I mean um, <laughs> there, might be, there might be emails that you're interested in once 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 a year. Well, I you don't want every day. I mean, I have, uh, you know, because of the trade I'm in, I am subscribed to quite a lot of typography companies. Um, and some of them send you one email a week, you know, saying these are the fonts that are on offer this week and these are our new releases and, you know, be the first to get this great new typeface and whatnot. Um, some, unfortunately, send me emails about four times a day. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's not that I'm not interested, but that's, you know, sometimes they send out these surveys, you know, do you have any comments yet? Look, look, could you email me less? <laughs> Once a day, I could stand. But you know, do you really need to email me four times every time we release? I think they must. Some of them must have Autobot. So every time they put something on their website, you know, the same as yes. when we yeah. put something on the Essential Apple website, it posts it on Twitter. It's but it's like every time they add a product to their catalog, or something, you get an email. Look at this fabulous new product. It's like oh, too much. Um, there you go. Can you give us an idea of uh, what you know future features you might bring to Simple Logan uh, and other services that may be coming down the road? Uh, you mean like the features that Simple Logan offer, but like the other service don't you know don't provide? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, um, there's a lot of them. So for for example, you have the uh, Fido key. You know, like you can use a UBC yes. to log in. I think Simulogging is like the only one 
in the email earlier service that provides this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also, uh, so I try to be uh, open about everything. So since the beginning, the code is open source. So, you know, like the server, the, uh, the extension, uh, Safari, Chrome, uh, Firefox, and the mobile applications, they are all open source. So anyone can, you know, can look at the code to see if there are some hidden, uh, you know, code inside. Um, uh, because, uh, so basically all the emails arrive as single login server. So people can be worried if the emails are exploited in some ways. So that's why we try to be as open as possible about everything. Um, and actually you can also uh, run your own single login server. So if you have uh, your own server, you know, on AWS or on Google Cloud, uh, you can download Simulogin, uh, you can run Simulogin, and then you have like, your own Simulogin for you. Uh, so the emails don't go to Simulogin, but go to your own server. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, and actually there's a lot of people who are doing that. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and other than that, uh, you also have some uh, some advanced features like... Um, directories, the alias directory, um, which is, so let's say I'm on the phone, um, you know, with a company and they are asking me for, for an email and I cannot go to Simblogging to, to, to create an email alias. Uh, so I need to be able to create an, e- an email on the fly and alias directory is uh, something that allows me to do that. Um, so let's say I create a, a directory named uh, my directory and then after that I can just uh, create an alias uh, by uh, by doing something uh, my directory uh, slash any anything at symbologin.fr and then this address is going to be uh, created the first time it receives an email um, so like by the time uh, you are um, telling the company this is the alias the alias doesn't exist yet but uh, like the first time the company sends you an email then the alias will be created um, so this feature is quite practical if you have to give out uh, your email address to you know to someone that you don't really trust uh, but you have to do it quickly that you don't have the time to go to symbologin uh, and and in this case the directory is quite uh, is quite good um, yeah and and you have also like the coverage um, so symbologin is available on I think on almost uh, all major platforms. So you have uh, iOS, Android for mobile, and you have uh, Chrome, Firefox, uh, Safari for desktop. So like we cover, I think, uh, almost um, all available platforms. Um, and as far as I know, like there's no uh, email alerts that that providing uh, you know this kind of coverage. Uh, yeah. I think basically that uh, that's the difference between Siblogin and other email alert services. Excellent, <clears throat> excellent. And and do you have any you know do you have anything planned for the future, um, or are you you know for the moment concentrating on just growing your customer base? Uh, yes, actually we have a lot of plans for the futures. Um, the first one is the share revenue. You know we have the we are working on the sign with Simulogin button. Um, and what I find unfair is, you know, when you uh, add the sign with Facebook on your website, Facebook gets all the revenue created by by this user. 
Like they know about the user history, and they show the ads to the user, and they and they get paid for showing the ad, and the website gets nothing. Um, so actually, that's what I want to do is to uh, create a, a fair share, uh, revenue sharing. Uh, so let's say uh, a website uh, implements sign with symbol login, and uh, they have 1,000 users using uh, this button on their website. And among the 1,000 users, there are, let's say, 100 paid users. So they are paying like $3 to symbol login every month. Uh, so the website should also receive a part of, of, of that revenue. So that's the idea. Like I think that's a win-win situation. Um, you know, the website implements Simul login. So Simul login is uh, more known to, to the users. Yeah. Uh, but it's an incentive for them as incentive for the website to do it as well. Yeah. 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 Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's, let's hope that's, um, let's hope that's very successful for you. And because, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, very much, um, you know, very much fairer, isn't it? You know, they, they are going to receive something from allowing people to sign in, um, effectively anonymously. Um, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. This is, this, these are the things that we need going forward. I'll be honest. They are. Um, excellent. Well, I, I wish you, I wish you a lot of luck with that. And, um, Hopefully, the fact that you're offering to share some of your revenue with the people who implement it means it will uh, be taken up far and wide. There we go. Yeah, yeah, I really hope so. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, we will, um, no doubt, you know, uh, if you go to, uh, if you, you know, we've added you to uh, one of our recommended services, um, you know, in our show notes, and um, we're happy to promote your service on our show. Um, there you go. Right, chaps, I think... We should all pause for five minutes while uh, John Nemo tells us what he's got in his hardware store today. Uh, while we go and get a fresh cup of tea or um, coffee or water or even a nice beer or a glass of vino. <laughs> and uh, we shall come back in a few minutes and take a look at a few of the news stories. So uh, over to you, John. There's some premium in-ear headphones, true wireless, meaning no cables, only Bluetooth, from our friends at Audio-Technica. The product model number is ATH-ANC-300TW. Again, ATH-ANC-300TW. Wireless noise cancelling headphones. The company is Audio-Technica, audio dash. T-E-C-H-N-I-C-A. Again, audio, then a dash or a hyphen, T-E-C-H-N-I-C-A. We have reviewed many, many headphones from this premium headphone manufacturer. These are the first truly portable, truly Bluetooth, truly wireless, no cables, in-ear only, noise-canceling headphones with a microphone for making phone calls or FaceTime or Skype or stuff like that, and they go in the ear. They're all black. You know, I'm always saying they should make them pink or purple or green or yellow, but they're all black. Comes in a very attractive charging carrying case. When I lift up the top, it tells me how much charge there is in the battery in the case, because the case is the battery and the battery is the case. And then also how much charge on the left and the right headphones. Comes with a USB-C charging cable, which is just fine. Don't lose it. The headphones out of the case. Get the right ear tip for the size and the comfort of your ear. Put them in, press the buttons a certain way, pair them with your phone or your pad, whatever your music source is, 
and listen away. Two important things about these. Actually, three. Number one, the sound is a wee bit dry, which is actually refreshing because the neutral sound, premium audio listening perspective, is so much more important than that blasting treble or that booming bass. They've kept the sound right in the sweet spot, right in the neutral middle. So they sound dry and austere compared to the competition, but if you want to hear the music cleanly and clearly, they deliver. That's item number one. Item number two is the price. Many other reviewers are complaining that at $230, these are overpriced. I say baloney. They're premium, in-ear, wireless headphones, and that's what the price range is. You can't get good ones for any less, so why not get really good ones from a company that's consistently excellent? The third item, which will take some getting used to, is the button pattern, left and right. There's a button, one each, on the left and the right earpiece, and you press it once on the right, does something, you press it twice on the left, it does something else. I'm not going to go into the details, but you can have your noise canceling on and off. You can forward and reverse the tracks. You can make your volume go up and down, all the regular stuff. And it will take you about, oh, probably a couple of hours of active use to master the button pattern. But it's really easy once you get it. And your favorite feature may not be one you even thought you were buying these headphones for. So we're going to continue to use and evaluate these over the summer. They come with lots of different ear tips, different sizes, different textures to get the one that's most comfortable for your ear. The manual is in several different languages. It's one of those schematic type, graphic type, not a lot of text manual, but it's fine. You'll figure it out. There's also an app, an Audio Technica app, that you can use to upgrade the firmware on these headphones. And it also has in plain English in the app a much better manual for you to follow along if that is your desire. But most of the things you'll figure out from looking at the printed manual that's included. I actually had none of the complaints that the other reviewers had, so I'm just going to say forget the other reviewers. Just listen to us here in Nemo's Hardware Store on Essential Apple and give these a try. You will be glad you do, especially once you master the button pattern. I have other $200 in-ear wireless Bluetooth headphones from a competing manufacturer that I used to think were the best, but the button pattern alone, even if the sound wasn't more neutral and more accurate, the button pattern alone on the left and right earpieces elevates these immediately to the top, plus the quality of construction and the comfort of the fit. They feel good in my ears, and they will feel good in your ears too. Some of the reviewers complain they didn't have enough battery power compared to the competition to charge it up enough times. If you're going to be a nitpicker as a reviewer, that's going to happen. But as a user, you will find a lot to love about the ATH-ANC-300-TW wireless noise-canceling headphones from Audio-Technica. Back next week with more innovation from Nemo's Hardware Store. Thank you, John, for another excellent hardware store. Um, and unfortunately, Sun has to leave us now because he has... Um, a meeting in about five minutes, which he has to attend uh, by Zoom or whatever. So um, we're going to ask him to do his wrap-up now uh, and shill his wares. Um, and then after he's left, we will look at a few stories. So, son, uh, feel free to uh, promote your services. Ah, yeah. 
So yeah, first of all, like, thank you very much uh, for having me on the podcast. It's really, you know, it's really fun discussing with you guys. And, and as I'm a fan of Apple, it's a, it's a perfect podcast. Um, so if you want to find more about Simlogin, is like, everything is on the website uh, simlogin.io, or you can or you can type on Google Simlogin. I think it's going to be the first result. Uh, we are also present on uh, on Twitter on Reddit uh, and on GitHub. So I feel free to, you know, to visit our GitHub repository or Twitter accounts or, or the subreddits. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's it. That's it. Um, if you would just put links to your uh, GitHub and your Twitter in the in the chat and I will put them in the show notes for you, son. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been very interesting. And uh, we wish you all the best with your service. I know uh, several of the several of the Slack members have already signed up to the premium service, and uh, yeah, I, I should be that. I should be making more use of your service in the future. So uh, we wish you all the best, and uh, good luck with your meeting. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I will I, I will send you the you know the links to the Twitter and the and the GitHub. Uh, yeah, I, I got to go now, and yep, that's see you fine. Guys later. Yep. Yeah, thank you, son. Thanks, thanks for coming on. That was, yeah. that was brilliant. Cheers. Cheers. See you. Bye. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, that was Sun from Simple Login, and uh, that's an excellent service we're happy to promote on this show. Uh, right. So, so I've just signed up as well, just to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I'm waiting for their email to arrive. It hasn't arrived yet, but... Uh... Yeah. I think I was a bit... I think I was two two days, maybe three days using the... the um... The free version. The free version. And I instantly decided, yeah, I'm going for it. Pay for the premier one. Yeah, I'll go on. Give it a go. Give yep. it a go, definitely. Give it a go. I can definitely. see how it might be useful. And, and if you look at um, if you look on um, the App Store, you'll find an iOS app as well, which is very handy. But the yes. good thing the good thing is you don't have to rely on it. You can use um, you can you know, redirect any email straight to your email uh, account. And respond from it, so it's not you don't have to have the iOS app on. Uh, no, no, yeah, that sounds it, that sounds cool actually. Yeah, is that is yeah. that a premium feature, Jim? The redirect, or can you do it on the free service? That I don't know. No, um, I think it said the redirects uh, were were part of the free service. I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, I'll have to I'll have to look deeper. Like I say, I when I went to this. Let's see. <laughs> When I went to the site, it says on the website, yeah. I tried. It said, I thought, oh yes, right. I'll register for this then, and it went. That email address already has an account. Please log in. I was like, oh. Right. Going with it says here in the free plan, you get fifteen aliases, unlimited bandwidth, unlimited replies sent from alias, signing with simple login, browser extensions for Chrome, Firefox, Safari, and the iOS and Android app. So. Well, that's good. Yeah. Premier has everything in the free plan. Uh, Unlimited aliases, unlimited custom domains. Uh, You can bring your own uh, in. Uh, Catch-all or wildcard domain. uh, 50 50 directories, usernames, unlimited mailboxes, PGP encryption. So So that's that's really aimed at, I mean, I know you've signed up for it, but it's really aimed at sort of small businesses, net 50 directories and usernames. No, there is an enterprise uh, option. uh, The fact that they've actually given directories and usernames Mm -hmm. sounds like they're aiming it at the the, the, uh, the offering. It doesn't say you can't do without the app. 
as far as I can see. Well, that's that's fine. Absolutely excellent. Excellent. Um, I shall look into it further. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, very are, good. I mean, I think that it's fair to say there are definitely websites we've all been on where mm-hmm. we think, I wouldn't mind signing up to this, but I'm a bit... I'm a bit unsure about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've done that. It looks a little bit out of date or it looks a little bit, and you think, oh, is this safe or isn't it safe? And uh, having one of these aliases is a, is a good way to go in and give them information where you know you're not going to. Well, another use for it is um, when you buy something in a shop, the first thing they'll ask you when you're, you're paying for it is, and do you have an email address that we can send you uh, your, your oh, yeah. receipt? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you can you can give them an alias. You cool. Can in, you can indeed. Very good. Yes, that you're you're quite right, Jim. Because these days you can't go anywhere with, without being asked for your email address. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's true. You know, um, I went with a, a neighbour um, the other day. He wanted to buy a new telly, um, and there was a forty-inch, uh, you know, uh, HD TV uh, in ASDA for two hundred quid. Um, reduced i think it was about 50 quid off or something um so you know they what's your email address i I don't know what he gave them but it's like yeah because now you're going to get spammed from asda with Mm -hmm. you know buy a record player buy this (laughs) buy that buy speakers buy you know i know you probably put them on the block list but yeah if you could give them asda at you know simple login um or, or yeah, just yeah, have one. Exactly. You just have one, like shopping. You have create one that's shopping at something, and you know what it is. You can give it to all the shops, and then if they, if you start getting bombarded with rubbish, you can just turn it off. Excellent. Sounds like a plan. It is a plan. It's a very good plan. Um, and yes, uh, we're singing the praises there, but don't forget other services are available. Um, I do use thirty three mail dot com. Uh, which is a very good service, which is or it can be used for free. Uh, one, another one Dougie mentioned was Anon Addy, um, and of course uh, Sudo Mail, uh, which is another service I use. Um, I'm quite happy to use, you know, half a dozen. Spread it around, spread the love around. There we are. Um, I must admit, I did, I did like the, uh, I did like the way that he said uh, how transparent they were about everything. Oh yes, that, that gives much. you confidence in. Yes, using they, them. They, they're not they're not siphoning off any of your data for their own purposes. Um, no, I very much liked that. Um, I very much like his, you know, plan his shared revenue plan to help promote sign in with simple login. Yeah, that sounds a good idea. But because mm. it actually gives people, uh, you know, some incentive to, uh, you know, to take it up, um, and also hopefully will promote the service. Um, and allow mm-hmm. him to grow into a bigger company. Excellent. Right. Uh, what shall we have a look at? I think we're going to do the same as we did last week. Shall we just kind of read through the news stories? And if anybody wants to take it further, we'll do that rather than yeah. go mm-hmm. off at uh, you know great length. Um, I've got one here, which is from the Mac Observer, who say a public service announcement. Don't install Mac OS Big Sur on the same APFS container as older versions. Um, that doesn't prevent you from putting it on the same APFS volume, but you shouldn't apparently put it in the same container as your previous OS. Um, that's a little bit technical, um, but it's worth a read if you are thinking of doing such a thing. Um, there you go. Um, 
So what is what exactly does that mean to the layman? Um, um, probably, <laughs> probably not a huge amount, but if I think mm. the sort of people who are likely to be doing that um, will probably understand. Um, More aimed at uh, developers then. I think it's aimed at developers and right. mad people like me who like to do, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. go on the beta. Uh, I mean, I, I'm considering how I'm going to install the beta this time because um, Audio Hijack, as previously, um, and this is not a particular surprise to me, um, Paul Kafarsis has said that, you know, the Audio Hijack and other uh, Rogue Amoeba apps that rely on core audio will not be, you know, compatible with the um, with the betas. Um, yeah. Because he, as he said on this show, he concentrates on getting his apps ready to be um, compatible for the official launch of an OS and doesn't worry about making them compatible with the beta. Um, Sometimes because, you know, as we know, during the beta period, Apple can sometimes make quite considerable changes. Um, mm. uh, according to the uh, according to the news article, it says that um, it doesn't stop you installing it or damages anything. It it comes up with a message which says if macOS Big Sur 11 beta is installed into the same APFS, con APFS container as previous versions of macOS, System software updates can no longer be installed on the previous versions of macOS. Yes. So basically, you're locking your version of macOS so that it can't be updated. Right. So would it be better to do something like partition the hard drive and put uh, uh, more, yeah, on. probably, or, yeah. or use a virtual a virtual machine right. type thing. Hey, yeah. and there's a there's a video of Kelly just beneath it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it is the Mac Hello, observer. Kelly. Hello, Kelly. Shout out. Um. So yes. Um. I'm probably going to possibly consider doing a, a, a dual boot installation this time right. so uh -huh. that I can uh, run Big Sur most of the time, but, you know, reboot into um, Catalina for doing the show because last last time... Yes, preferably not off a USB, <laughs> over yeah, USB 2. <laughs> yeah, last time I was doing it from, a, you know, from my uh, carbon copy cloned uh, hard drive which is all right, actually, once you get it running, but... Um, it just takes set, forever to start up. <laughs> yeah, getting the, getting, the show, getting ready for the show took a considerable amount of time to get the machine up and running and all the apps running. Once it's running, it's fine, but... Um, so I might consider a dual boot this time. I might have to see how much space that's going to take up when the public beta arrives, of course. Um, what else have we got? Apple's A12Z Bionic GPU running Mac OS 11 through Rosetta 2 still beats both the Ryzen 5 4500U Core i7 1065G7i GPUs in OpenCL test. There we go. And that's on WCCF Tech. Um, I've heard some other people talking about this, actually, on... Um, Couple of other podcasts, I think. Um, I think Guy and Jazz. I mean, they, really, about it. they could have said they really could have said Apple's A twelve Z Bionic GPU is 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 quite nifty. Yes, <laughs> it would have been a bit of a shorter shorter yeah, shorter headline. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, is that the same one that's on the iPad? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah, it, it is. It, yeah. It, right. That's that's the one that's in the iPad Pro, and that's the one that's in the. Mm. Um, the, was it the tech start kit or the one with the lidar camera? 
Yes, it's the yeah. it's the yes because people have postulated, as we said on this show before, that um, Z stands for the third axis. Mm-hmm. Um, it just shows you how how powerful the iPad is. Then uh, it's, yeah. it's, got, it's got more power than it actually can use. Well, I think they said when they launched it, didn't they? The last iPads yeah. that they are they are desktop class. Yes, um, CPUs, yeah. and they're not kidding. I mean, <laughs> they were they must have known it well. They certainly knew when they launched those that, that this was in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. This move over to the uh, Apple Silicon. And uh, so when they were saying desktop class, they were dropping a big hint. I think mm-hmm. they were, yeah. But, you know, again, joining the dots, looking back, you can see the clues. Oh, it's, think easy, it, it's easy in retrospect. <laughs> of course it is. Hindsight is twenty yeah. twenty. But um, I, there were people, there were people who were sharp enough. I think Mark actually at one point, uh, whether it was last year or the year before, when they started talking about desktop class CPUs, um, you know, in your iPhone and desktop class silicon in your iPad, started saying, "Is this a you know, is this the road to um, Apple? You know, using their own chips in the Mac?" So you know, yeah, they, they were making. I think they were they were signalling to some extent to those with their those with their uh, you know eyes to see it. In a way, that sort of kind of comes down. You know, we were talking last week about um, uh, laptops where you plug your phone into, you know, fits into the device. Um, that shows you that uh, an iPhone itself could actually give you lots and lots of power in a laptop. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw something on online the other day there about uh, a design. I presume it's a patent for Apple. Uh, yeah, I've, a... I've got that in the. I've got that in the. Um, that's in the, just a snippet as it as it happens. Um, right. Some mm-hmm. are thinking that Apple's iPhone MacBook-like accessory has a chance of coming to market because of what happened at WWDC uh, twenty. Uh, that's on patently Apple, who obviously you know concentrate on keeping an eye on Apple patents, um, and uh, also. Um, I have one iPhone 13 could morph into a MacBook quite literally, um, which I think you might have put in the in the slack, actually, which is from Tom's mm-hmm. guide. Uh, they're both referring to the same patent. Now, this isn't a new patent. It's uh, I've seen it. We've I think we brought it up some time ago, a year or more ago. Um, but mm-hmm. it's been it's been refreshed and uh, basically oh, it fits in like a sort of trackpad. Yes, and ah. you can see you can see that this is not a new um, patent because the drawing shows what looks like an iPhone five. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think, yes. I think I think it's fa- I think it's a fair thing to to speculate. Yes, whether Apple whether will actually Apple do will it. Think it's the right thing to do is. But uh, they else. have, you know. Well, but they... it's certainly it's certainly worth speculation because they've obviously could do it if they well, want. The, the 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 rumor design changes to the iPhone would suggest that it would fit into a slot very easily. You know, the square sides rather than the the current curved yeah. sides. So, yeah. yeah, you never know. No. Um. So there there are links to both oh, of those. Exciting times. Um. I, I mostly put it in there, and I put it in just a snippet because obviously patents are patents, and that's just simply Apple protecting themselves to some extent. Um, whether they will actually make such a thing is is another matter. But I, I also uh, caught my eye because it resurfaced after we talked about it last week. And yes, it's not a it's not a you know a new topic I know, but I just found it interesting that it resurfaced 
Um, so we're not the only ones with that, uh, you know, with that thought. Um, mm -hmm. What else have we got? Um, oh, this one, I haven't got a link to this, but um, it came up because I um, was invited to participate uh, with the um, Naples Mac user group of Florida. Um, and uh, they had a presentation about iOS 14, unsurprisingly. Um, and during that, uh, the presenter showed th that the app library in uh, iOS 14 for your phone allows you not only to hide um, Apple applications um, and have them uh, stay in the app library, but also third-party apps. So um, if you have an app you do not use very often, um, when you do the, you know, wiggle mode and hit the remove button, um, instead of simply saying, are you sure you want to delete this app? There are now, uh, delete this app, um, hide this app and keep it in the app library are the two options and cancel, of course. No, I didn't mean to do that. Um, as well so as what's what's the point of the is app library just a matter of keeping things tidy i think it's partly a matter of keeping things tidy it, it's in the same way as um craig so showed off you could, if you, you, if you do a search on, yes if you do a search or go to the app library the application yeah. is there so it's not it's right. not it's simply in some ways you're hiding it you're hiding the app the app icon on the home screens that makes sense so yeah it, yeah because uh, we all we all have many pages of things we hardly ever use. <laughs> yes, well, in the same way as Craig demonstrated in iOS fourteen, you can hide whole pages. So if you, you know, yes, yeah. when, like when he said, "Oh, look, some of us have got pages and pages." A lot of people were laughing. Only eight, Craig. You know, <laughs> only eight pages. You lightweight. <laughs> I mean, I know some people, you know, who've got pages and pages and pages of stuff. Um, so you can hide whole pages which effectively all that's doing is the same thing but it's doing it on mass it just says don't show this page but all the apps that are on it uh will still show up in the app library um i likened it when somebody asked me what was the point in uh to the dock on your mac and the applications folder you know you can have a lot of apps yeah. that you rarely use which you keep in your applications folder but you only put the ones that you use all the time on the dock in the dock yeah um and yeah, that's yeah. effectively what they're saying you know on ios at least on the phone um because it's not on the uh it's not on the um ipads not on ipad os um because there are um, there are a number i mean i'm sure they didn't foresee when they first started doing apps that, you, that people could third parties could program that there would be an awful lot of apps out there that you perhaps only ever use once i mean i'm thinking of when you buy a device uh, it may have an app to help you set up the device, but then oh, yeah. you never have to look at the app again. Uh, I mean, uh, and there's probably quite a lot like that that are useful to, for doing initial settings and things like that, but then you never ever use again. I have one called Netgear Genie um, on my phone, which allows you to, um, you know, access your Netgear router and alter the settings. Um, yeah. Which is very useful, but... It's not something you use very, very often. I mean, mine's tucked away in a folder at the back, you know, on the back page of very rarely used apps, you know. Um, well, I'm thinking particularly of um, uh, devices in your home, um, you know, um, smart device. I've got yeah, one. I bought up. some smart, smart life plugs, and mm -hmm. um, you only use the app to actually get them set up. And once they're set up, they're set up. Yeah. 
and it's probably <laughs> not. You don't wish to dispose of the app in case you need it for some purpose. You know? Not because you might want to add another plug or or, or or reconfigure it at some times, but the fact is it'll probably sit on your phone for a number of years without <laughs> yes, you using it. Well, exactly. So this is the whole app library thing. Um, and it wasn't clear. Apple didn't make it clear originally that you could hide individual apps as well as whole pages. Right. Um, and during the presentation... It's very, um, it's very Android-esque, really, isn't it? Yes. So, so if you hide the apps, how do you get them back? Well, they go into the... You can either delete them, as you do now, absolutely mm-hmm. delete them, a third-party app, that is. You can simply remove it altogether. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want this anymore. And if you want it back, then um, obviously you have to re-download it. But, of course, when you delete an app, any data it has goes with it because they're stored in the same container because that's how so, iOS so, works. So but, you're not actually deleting the app itself. You're just, you're just hiding it. Yeah, you're basically, you're, yeah, not, right. you're, okay. not, you're not getting rid of it. If you put it in the app library... As mm-hmm. I say, I, I I think the best analogy is the app, you know the applications folder. What your the app library is like your applications folder. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going to effectively say, right, you know these are my favourite apps, and I'm going to have two pages of those, and everything else lives in the app library. So you don't have all these pages and pages and pages of on your phone. I mean, I don't because right. I I only have two pages on my phone because I'm so minimalist. Um, That's very organised. <laughs> But, but to get these apps back on the screen, you've got to re reinstall them, I take it? And no, I think you can no. um, get... I, uh, I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure you go to the app library, uh, find find the app you want, press on it, and it has, like, re- restore. Right, okay. So you, so can, you, you can put them back yeah. if you want, you know. Um, same mm-hmm. as the whole pages. You can simply unhide them, and they will return to... Uh, you know, they will return to um, whence it's they pretty came. Mu- it's pretty much a cosmetic thing, isn't it? It's, yes. it's to mm. get mm. rid of, as I say, all those apps that you only use once or twice. And, you know, <laughs> I, I have folders. I do have, you know, folders on my second page. My first page is pretty much all, you know, individual apps. And then I have the yeah. second page with folders. I, I have, have folders page. as well. Yeah. I have folders, you know, writing tools and security tools and a, a one with a few games in, simple games. I'm not much of a gamer on my phone. Um, but, you know, as I say, some people have pages and pages, you know, 20 pages of apps and folders and folders with, you know, pages and pages of apps inside them. Um, it's, ju- it's just pandering to our um, uh, our need to hoard <laughs> that really isn't it because um uh, i think we're, we all find that we hoard to one extent or another um all sorts of things and um in some ways this is pandering to that sort of uh, i never want to do i have to delete anything why would i do that <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so there you go uh so that's a that's something that came to light um Moving on, Microsoft OneDrive is updating to include 100 gigabytes of storage, um, dark mode, new admin controls, and a whole lot more. Um, That says 100 gigabyte file size. Yes. Well, it's actually storage because... Oh, it's storage. That's actually, if you follow the link... It would be a very big file, yes. Yeah, it would be a very big (laughs) file. Um, I think there is a, a maximum file size on OneDrive, and it's about 25 gig. Um, or something. No, right. it's not as big as that. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I've said before, haven't I, that I I really like OneDrive. I use OneDrive a lot, um, and I have, you know, by most people's standards, I have quite a lot. I've got about forty gig on OneDrive. 
Um, most people only have 15 these days. Um, but, uh, you know, I've used about 30 gig out of that because I put a lot of stuff on there. Um, and apparently I've read this article and I've gone through to the Microsoft blog post and they say they are going to increase the storage size on uh, Microsoft OneDrive to 100 gig. And I thought, oh, I'll bet this is for paid people or people on 365. Well, no, it's for everybody. Oh, that's cool. How does yep. that compare to Dropbox? Um, um, no, significantly more than Dropbox. Right. Oh, I've, got, I've got both. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got both. Um, my Dropbox, I don't know how big my Dropbox is. If I, uh, and I've got a lot, quite a lot, again, because I joined Dropbox uh, in the very early days. You've got and extra. Yeah. That, well, no, um, with Dropbox, I got, um, they would give you, they would give you a bonus for uh, getting people to sign up. Yes. Um, and uh, in the early days, of course, it wasn't very difficult to get people to sign up. <laughs> you know, take my link, sign up to Dropbox and uh, you get, a, you know, you get a bonus. I forget what it was in those days, a gig or something or 500 meg even in those days. Um, and, uh, so I collected a lot of, you know, bonus storage. I don't remember how big. I it's not as I don't think it's as big as my OneDrive, but it, it's big. And I think I also got a boost for yeah, get installing Dropbox on iOS when it was, you know, when it was first available. Um, I the same with OneDrive. I, that's why I've got a lot of storage on some of these services because, as an early adopter, they would give you a big bonus to um, start using it on your iPhone or whatever. Um, if you well, pay, I've, just into, I've just logged into my OneDrive and it says I'm using 2.5 gig of five. <laughs> yeah, I think at one point they did cut it down. They cut it down to. Um, so I wonder why if why are they saying 100 gig if I've only got five? That's what? a bit weird, isn't it? What's that uh, on on OneDrive? Yeah. Well, it's rolling out. Apparently, it's not. Oh, right, it's not it's, there yet. It's not necessarily there yet. Rolling out, I believe. Um, I think in I think in the um, it's starting immediately and will be rolling out throughout July. So expect to see your drop. Uh, right. Uh, hopefully, no, hundred gigs really good. I mean, yes. I I I, um, I made the mistake when I set up my new Mac of um, uh, enabling Google um, Sync, so it syncs it my um, documents drive yes. um, across across to uh, Google Drive. Now I've got about twenty gig on there. But uh, then I made the bad mistake of copying across everything off my old machine yeah. and then copying across my downloads. <laughs> yes. And suddenly I started to get emails from Google Drive saying, uh, full. <laughs> full, nearly full, thought, full. Uh-oh. Overflowing. Oh. Delete some stuff. <laughs> Looking at my OneDrive um, information, it says OneDrive Premium, 573 megabytes of... 1.02 terabytes used. I don't remember if I signed up for premium. Um, if uh, you, if you, do you, do you subscribe to uh, Office 365? Yeah. Uh-huh. Then you oh, get that's it. Then you oh, get, get a terabyte. You yeah, get yeah. a terabyte. Um, yeah, you get a terabyte if you're signed into that. Um, they're they're making other changes for um, you know other improvements as well for businesses right. and whatnot. But um, you know that is a significant boost. I mean, I think mine is hundred gig. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I've, I've got 40 gig as it is, but another 60 gig on OneDrive would be more than welcome. Thank you very much. Well, 100 gig is going to, it's going to, most people's documents folder is not going to be 100 gig in size. I mean, that's, no. 
that's quite a lot, a lot of documents. <laughs> Can you use it to share files, like uh, video files? Because yes. I, I was trying, I was trying to um, send a, a wee short video, like one one minute, and it was like 165 megabytes. Um, and I was trying to share it with my my sister, and every time I tried Firefox send or uh, we transfer or let's change its name now, um, it would fail. Oh. Um, eventually, I had to I had to use iCloud to, to finally get it. Yeah, you can share files through um, OneDrive. In, in fact, right. it's one of the more reliable services for that. What you do, put the file in your OneDrive. Um, you can then either um, get a link which you can send, mm-hmm. which says you know, get get the file from here, or um, you can yeah. share it. If somebody else has a big enough um, OneDrive, you can share it with them. But the easiest way is, is to right. get a link. Um, well, I, yeah. disco- I discovered with uh, Dropbox that there's a limit to the size of file you can send. Um, as I say, I think it was I think it was like one 160 megabytes, and the, the maximum on the the free version was 100 megabytes. So that was killing that idea. Hmm. No, I certainly wasn't paying for a premium version of Dropbox. No, um, there we go. So, as I say, that's you know OneDrive, um, and so according to this uh, blog post from Microsoft and uh, this uh, report on Znet, um, Microsoft are going to increase the storage to 100 gig for everybody, uh, which will be just basically casual users, I assume. Um, yay. Yay. I'm looking forward to that. Let's hope that that is correct. Um, I don't mm. see why not. I, as I say, I expected it to say for, you know, premium members or whatnot. But, of course, then I realised premium members get a terabyte anyway. So They do. Yeah, They do. So it's got to be basically for the free, you know, con- consumer users. For the cheapskates. Cheapskates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Penny pinches. Um, okay. Most Americans are at great risk of losing their computer data, according to Backblaze because apparently a large number never back up or only back up Uh-oh. about once a year, um, to tut, which tut. me and Alistair just went, shake head, roll eyes. How long have we been going on about this? Um, I think Alistair's reply was, all the time in the universe. Um, but people don't listen. So there we go. Um, and also, if you're going to do a backup, don't plug it into a hub like I did last week. <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, yeah. true. Hubs are the, hubs are very useful for low power devices, but they are notoriously um, troublesome when plugged into hard drives. That is true. Okay, uh, quite a lot of security and privacy stuff this week. Um, police busted an organised crime network linked to a special Android smartphone. I think uh, I think Dougie was it Dougie who posted this. I can't remember, or maybe it was someone else in the Slack. Um, Rob Wright said, this is an incredible story which shows the true value of cooperation between international police forces. The French managed to decrypt the system and pass the details of several million messages to their colleagues all over the world. In the UK, they have apparently recovered 20 million in cash, lots of guns and weapons, large quantities of drugs and... Nail the Mr. and Mrs. Big types who run these syndicates who normally manage to keep their noses clean whilst their minions get caught. Um, And Dougie said the 
EncroChat phones are a really good device. They are based on a customized OnePlus 10 device and later transitioned to a BQ Aquarius. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, it worked by changing the Android recovery partition with a heavily modified OS. The cool thing was that when it boots, it looks like a wiped phone. Uh, they've been a royal pain in the butt for us for quite some time. So, you know, that's Dougie in his professional, uh, you know, breaking into bad people's phones. Um, mm. There we are. Uh, I suspect it's a, a, a point up for uh, Apple with their system because I haven't heard anything like that on their phones. It sounds like it's an Android only. Well, this is a special, these were, you know, these were very special, yeah. heavily modified uh, Android phones. Um, mm -hmm. But the, yes, the, the big thing here is, um, you know, we do not need backdoors into Apple. all of our phones because apparently the police managed to, you know, through, uh, you know, proper police work and uh, international cooperation, break into the system, mm -hmm. um, use it to track down lots of nasty criminals and, uh, you know, feel their collars. In the, uh, and that's good news. It is good news. You know, hello, yep. I think you might need to come down the station. There we go. Um, naughty, you know, naughty clipboard behavior, naughty clipboard behavior. TikTok and others have been uh, revealed to be clipboard scraping by iOS 14. Um, mentioned some at the top uh, TikTok, Reddit, LinkedIn, um, several others. Uh, all, all been found to be doing this. Most of them have either claimed that it's, uh, you know, a bug or, um, you know, that it's the information doesn't go caught. anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that th they're not uh, harvesting this data and uh, it wasn't being sent anywhere and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, you, they would say that, wouldn't they, in, uh, you know, to uh, quote. They don't, they don't like having their clipboard scraped, Mr. Mannering. <laughs> Indeed, they don't. <laughs> Not when they find out about it, they don't. Um, so um, I have one here, which I think is the Mac Observer, which is which apps spy on the iOS clipboard? Um, that gives you a list of various apps that have so far been uh, reported or found to be doing such a thing. Um, and how many of them are basically backpedaling very far, saying, didn't know that was happening, Governor. It's a bug. We'll fix it. It will be removed. Um, I think it's, amazing how, it's amazing how safe you feel until you find out what's yeah. actually going on in the background. Well, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. big big props to Apple there. I mean, um, mm -hmm. I haven't got a link to this, but you'll see it all over the web. You know, a lot of the advertising um, networks, that obviously populate, you know, or infest, depending on your point of view, websites all over the web uh, are squealing, squealing loudly that Apple is destroying their business because, you know, um, the way iOS 14 is going to uh, block trackers for you or, you know, in a similar way to Ghostery. Um, and that has actually shown up in my uh, in my Safari technology preview, by the way. I now have, next to my ghostry uh, icon, a little black and white shield in my in my bar, which is the Apple uh, privacy report for this for this site. And it shows you how many, you know, what trackers are on uh, a page. There were 16 trackers on Dropbox.com, people. There you go. 16 trackers. And I'm assuming that means those were blocked. Um, Ghostry would have been doing that for me previously, but there you go. So advertisers are now squealing that they're 
business is being harmed because Apple is stopping them tracking everybody. They'll find another way round, dear. They'll be squealing more. They'll be squealing more when Big Sur comes out. Yeah, they will indeed. Mm. Exactly, because that is a major part of Big Sur. I mean, they squealed enough when Apple started blocking various other things that they were doing in the background previously. Um, Right, the new Mac ransomware spreading through piracy that we mentioned earlier. Uh, I've got a link here. Malwarebytes, uh, which explains what's going on. And also uh, Objective-C. There's a good write-up from Objective-C. I think Dougie posted this link. Um, About a Mac ransomware, it also mentions Suspicious Package which is a great app for looking at the contents of packages on the Mac. That's the .pkg files you get sometimes for installation. Um, It allows you to see what the contents are. Um, In the past, I've used a a product called, uh, oh, blimey, what's it called? Pacifist, which allows you to do that. Um, And also Pacifist allows you to extract um, parts of a package. If if a package contained... um, its original intent was to allow you to extract something from, say, a Mac, um, you know, a Mac OS installer CD. So, say, um, say your Safari went sideways back in the old days. Uh, the, pretty much the only way to get Safari would be to run the Mac OS 10 installer um, and install mm-hmm. everything. You, you know, reinstall everything. With Pacifist, you could open the CD, open the package see the Safari installer and pull that out onto your desktop and run just that. Um, right. The uh, suspicious package, um, which isn't from Objective-C, by the way, but they include a link to it, I believe, um, is like a quick look plugin, which allows you to look at a package file and see what its contents are. Um, right. It doesn't, um, it doesn't help tell you, uh, you know, if something's malicious, but uh, it does help help you to see what's inside there um so so is there is there any actual software available that will actually read um installers to check that there's no malware on them or is um, that just... uh, most i think most um i think most good um you know antivirus products or anti-malware products like uh you know avira and malware bytes and whatnot uh will you know monitor those for you basically mm-hmm. just scan them but um well, that's only running that's only checking while the app's actually on the, the device it's not well, before you can, installation you can, i think you can select the package and do you know scan this scan this package but right. because okay. yeah because they are archives i think they're harder to harder to scan um there we are uh, the this mac mal uh, it's a ransomware and it contains also Things like uh, a Trojan backdoor and a keylogger and a whole load of other. Uh, I think in the malware uh, article, they describe basically somebody's taken two different sorts of malware and mashed them together to make a very nasty piece of um, malware and ransomware. But the answer, uh, the, the answer is all, all of these things. You don't need special software. Just don't download dodgy stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's all you know. It's being distributed through pirated apps, so you know, yeah, so don't, don't pirate, do it. don't get, don't buy, don't get, go get in pirated apps, Muppet. Um, in fact, I think I think Guy and Gaz mentioned this, and um, uh, as Gaz said, you know, uh, one one of the things that they're uh, distributing it through is a pirate of Little Snitch. Now, um, Little Snitch is a, a thing that tells you what apps are trying to phone home. 
Um, so it's very popular with people who pirate stuff because it allows them to block their pirated apps from calling back home. Um, as you said, quite a clever move, really. <laughs> but that said, you know, um, Little Snitch is only about $40. So don't be a meanie. I, I once had a little snitch on my computer and it lasted about two weeks before I removed it because every flaming minute it was asking me, do you want to, do you want to allow this or deny it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally everything I was doing was deny or allow. I, I, I have used it in the past. Um, mm. I found, yes, you, you have to persevere for the first two weeks or so. Yeah. It is really annoying because mm. every 10 minutes is such and such is trying to dial out. Do you want to allow this? You know, confirm or allow, deny, confirm or deny. But, of course, actually it creates a rule every time you do that. So eventually it does quieten down as all, mm. your, all your apps and services get um, logged to, you know... Um, <laughs> And, and quite often the stuff it was asking you about, you had no clue what it was in the first place. <laughs> that is also a problem, yes, because it, it's like such, such and such service is trying to contact such and such domains. I have no idea what that means. Um, it reminds me of uh, reminds me of the Mac and PC. Um, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, I thought one wasn't that they did where the uh, they oh, had that, someone that in one, between yeah. them. Yeah, I, uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> I have. Um, I, I, I've mentioned this before, um, and Objective C are the people who make Lulu, which is this sort of um, little snitch light kind of application, which I use, which is free, um, and that does not bug you very much at all. It's, uh, I think it's pre-coded to know what stuff is, you know, system level app, uh, Apple kind of calls, and it doesn't bother you with those, they're all automatically allowed. Um, there you go. So yeah, the message is don't pirate stuff. There we go. Um, what else? Uh, worth the chirps. We'll we'll wrap it up, I think, boys. Uh, worth the chirps. We've got the Pocket Earth app, which is offline maps and travel guides for your iPhone and iPad, which you posted, didn't you, Jim? Yeah, they're they're, they're uh, quite nice wee apps as well. There's uh, a lot of detail in them because um, I've been using it around here for the, the footpaths. And it's, it actually shows them up on that, so it's it's very good. I like it. There's a free free app and there's a paid app. And unlike the OS maps, uh, iOS app, where you've got to pay yearly, um, so I think it's a one-off payment. So it's quite a good wee app. And of course, nice being off, being offline means you know you can go off yep. into the and wilderness, it's, and it's worldwide as well. So. Right, so basically, you're in, if you're into hiking and trekking and mountain climbing yep. and such like, where you might be off the grid, um, mm -hmm. your map will still work. Um, I can't remember who posted this one. Uh, this is a link to an iPhone accessory, uh, which I believe uh, is uh, lightning to USB. Uh, it's a small, cheap accessory means I'm no longer oh, frustrated yes. with the iPhone I bought. Um, yeah, this is the um, Lightning plug-in external drive. Yeah, I, I read the article myself. I've actually gone and bought it. I'm, okay. Uh, currently, currently waiting on arriving. Um, it's, it's similar to the iExpand, uh, ScanDisk iExpand drives, but the difference is um, it's a wee bit more easy to use, um, and you can power through it, so you can charge up the, the device, iPhone or iPad, 
uh, through it, which you can't do with the Agitspan devices. Um, okay. So I liked it enough to buy it. So Here we go. Yes. But basically, it's a lightning connector joined to a USB-C connector. Mm-hmm. That doesn't look like a USB-C connector to me. That looks like a lightning connector c- connected uh, to one, a... one end's got a USB, um, the other end's got uh, a lightning cable. Yeah, this is a, that's a USB-A, at least in this photograph. It's not a USB-C. Mm. Anyway, maybe they do a USB-C one as well, whatever. Um, there we are. And it it's very neat design. There we go. Uh, so that was that one. And uh, this one is for Mark. This one's for Mark. You know how he hates the thing about get sent a form and print it out and write on it and photograph it and email it back and all that. Uh, Adobe has a fill and sign form filler app, which they've just released, which is free, which uh, apparently allows you to, uh, you know, fill in paper forms or electronic forms uh, without having to go through all that rigmarole. Mm, um, it's quite good as well. Yeah. Is it? Have you tried it? Yeah. Well, I tried it on the test page. They, they give you a test to do. Um, you, can, you can also save a signature and initials. Uh, so rather than, rather than having to sign it every time, you can just paste it onto the, the, the form. Uh, it looks quite good. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Uh, of course, um, on the Mac, uh, Preview, uh, a much underused app, has quite a lot of form-filling ability for um, yeah. such things yeah, and good, the ability good, think, to store signatures. Yeah, I think good notes you can do that in um, PDF, PDF Expert. Quite likely. Quite likely. Yeah. They, they are out there. But um, yeah. this one is free, even if it's basic. Um, and I assume this is an iOS app. Um, mm-hmm. Edit and send PDF and dot iOS app. No, iOS app, yeah. So there you mm-hmm. go. And it's free. Uh, you know, I know sometimes we give, um, you know, sometimes we give Adobe a bit of a hard time. Um, you know, we have to remember Adobe has a lot of very clever people there and they make some very nice software. We just don't happen to like their subscription plans very much. But there you go. <laughs> this is a fill and sign form filler for uh, iOS, and it's free. So probably worth downloading and sticking in your app library. <laughs> there we go. There was some chat in the Slack, so I'm putting this in the in the hints and tips. Um, hand-off shared clipboard. Uh, several people have said, oh, they've had difficulty with making it work, and it doesn't always seem to work, and it's not particularly reliable. Um, I would just point out to everybody that the shared clipboard, uh, which, you know, I found to be very, very handy. Uh, you do have to be yeah, quick. There, there is a time limit on the handoff of 30 seconds. So if you copy something on your Mac and wish to paste it on your iPhone, be ready to do so basically straight away. Um, I don't know what the, why the time limit is 30 seconds. I suspect it's for security purposes. Um, so that you, you know, someone can't get hold yeah. of your iPhone and paste whatever was last pasted on your um, Mac clipboard. Oh, that sounds about right to me. Or vice versa, of course. Um, mm. I've never got it to work. So that probably that's probably why. Uh, yeah, you have to be. You have to be <laughs> fairly quick enough. <laughs> a lot depends on the age of your equipment as well, because it's it only works using it as well. Yeah. But, <laughs> It works. It, it it's always worked for me. Um, it works reliable on my um, and has for some time on my mm. MacBook uh, with my iPhone. It even uh, continues to work reasonably reliably uh, with my with my work iMac, which is still running Sierra. So um, 
Yeah, I think it depends on. It's definitely to do with age, the age of the equipment because I think my twenty, what was it, twenty eleven Mac Mini hadn't got the right. It could, you couldn't do it on that, and I no. don't think it was the OS. I think it was a chip. I think. Yes, it's, I might it, be wrong. I think it's to, to it, do with the, which version of Bluetooth you have. That's probably it. Yes, I think you have to have the uh, low power Bluetooth. Which yeah, I think so. Can I just tell you um, something I found this week that I'm sure everybody already knows, but I found really cool because I, I don't have that many Macs, but at the moment I've got my new Mac Mini and I've still got my old iMac. And I stumbled across this and thought, gosh, that's useful. Um, if you've got them both on the same network and you've got screen sharing enabled, then um, if you just go into the Finder and click on Networks, you'll see your iMac sitting there. You click on it, and then there's a little button that says "Share Screen," and you click on it, and you can see the sc- you can see the other screen, the other Mac. <laughs> I didn't think it, I didn't know it was that easy. So thank you, Apple, for making it easy making for it me. Easy. Yeah, it is very easy. Um, okay, so there we are. Um, we've talked about the just a snippet, um, and that I think is probably all of it. So there we are. Um, Time to wrap up then. A very interesting show, I think. Uh, so, Nick, where can people find you? On Twitter occasionally, uh, at Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. And you can hear me occasionally on Bart's show when he has it at a time when I can make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the last few times we just haven't coordinated. Yeah, I'm afraid, yeah. Well, I'm not afraid. I wasn't on it uh, this month, uh, which is, you know, fair enough. I don't wish to dominate his show. <laughs> but uh, I, I did, I did, you know, I did say I would go on, but the time he picked was one of the times I wasn't available. So there we are. That's just how it goes. Um, Jim? Uh, in the Slack uh, group, uh, on Flickr as the SRPS Paint Shop. Also, you can find me through uh, the Essential Apple uh, Flickr group. Uh, just click on it to, know, uh, to join and I'll uh, get you logged in. And just a big thank, well, also on Venmo as well, but you'll find that link in the show notes. And a big thank you to Son for coming on the show. It was very kind of him to do so. And a nice yep. product as well. Yep, very good. Good product, uh, and uh, yes, very decent of him to come on at what was actually very short notice, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Contacted him the end of last week, and uh, he was, you know, I'm keen to come on and talk to you. So, uh, you know, that is why we're recording on a Tuesday um, this week, because that was when he was available. And uh, you can find me on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Um, I will say that is a mix of, uh, you know, Apple stuff, essential Apple stuff, tech stuff, politics, sarcasm, family chatter and all sorts. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> don't don't follow it if you don't like sometimes rude words. Um, <laughs> there we go. Um, all of the app, all of the show stuff is on essentialapple.com. Um what else? Thank you to everybody. Thank you to people who uh, listen. Thank you for people who retweet our stuff. Thank you to everybody who supports us. Thank you to all the slackers who put stories and such like in the Slack. Don't forget, if you want to join our Slack, which is quite a lively community, um, and we talk about all sorts of things in there. We've got channels for electric vehicles, uh, COVID-19 related news, um, you know, possible stories, all sorts of stuff goes on in there. 
Um, and I think that's probably enough. So uh, until next week, I guess, I'll say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Cheerio. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show uh, or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchotts, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you next time.